What's up, you'll hear it. Hey, this is Bob Deboo, the host of the Upright Citizens podcast. Got a question for you. How would you like to get inside the mind of one of the most recorded musicians of all time? Well, here's your chance. The legendary bassist Ron Carter will join the Open Studio community on June 14th for an exclusive one-time-only live mentor session. You don't want to miss this. To learn the secrets to the maestro's iconic sound, gain insights to his unique musical mind in real time, pick his brain on his illustrious career, and get answers that'll propel your music to new heights. Join today and unlock your free 14-day trial at openstudiojazz.com. Then you'll be able to not only join the maestro in this exclusive conversation, but dig into his brilliant course, Blueprint for Jazz Bass, and so much more. So sign up now. Peace. Hey, Pete. Hey, man. Pop and lock. Pop and lock. Pop and lock. I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Daily jazz advice coming at ya. We're not a breakdancing podcast? No. I don't even know if many of our listeners know. Well, yeah, we have some mature uh, aged listeners like we are to remember the days of breakdancing. That's right. You Uh, youngins, YouTube it. Today's episode of the You'll Hear podcast is brought to you by the Oxford American. Please go to OxfordAmerican.org slash YHI for some great deals on one of the finest uh, Southern literary magazines there is. Uh, So many great articles about uh, cultural icons that touch us every day here on this podcast that are influences uh, for all jazz musicians. Check it out. That's OxfordAmerican.org slash YHI for $25 for annual subscription. Not bad. Um, And just a little clarification. A lot of people, when I'm talking about the Oxford American and, and my passion for it and their sponsorship, think, oh, is that Oxford, Mississippi? It is not. A little confusing because that's another great literary southern town. Yeah, it's Oxford, England. It's uh, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no, but it's in. They're out of Little Rock, Arkansas. Yeah, uh, which is another great southern city, and they're they have a wonderful live venue called a restaurant and a venue called South on Main. I would encourage anyone in the Little Rock area to check in on that. You played down there, right? I played down there, yeah, yeah. a couple times. Cool. You're playing uh, down there soon, right? I think so. Yeah, September, maybe. September. Yeah. Cool. Uh, we have a speak pipe today um, from JD. Hey, if you want to ask us a question, we are we are putting out the call for speak pipes. We're challenging you to leave us a speak pipe question. We want to answer it. We uh, do, although we're not as desperate as we were last week because we've had so many come in now. We, we, we might even be getting picky. No, let's not, let's not. Let's keep it rolling. No, keep it rolling. For but, sure. But we can't promise. Like before, we were like. You definitely get you're on. You're definitely getting yeah. on. Except that one off. That that one was whack. Remember a few months. Yeah, back. if you send anything slightly racist, we're not going to put it on. Yeah, at all. not even not yeah. even slightly even yeah. over. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's listen today. Hey, Adam, Peter, thanks for all you guys do. Love listening to your podcast and uh, all the great advice you guys have. Uh, my questions around soloing with um, maybe like pop music. Um, I find sometimes with uh, like jazz R and B kind of that style, you know, having those seventh chords, those extra colors, it's a little easier to kind of come up with ideas, but. Um, sometimes get stuck when it's just, you know, your basic one, four, five, minor six triad kind of deal in a pop setting. I think of like guys like Jamie Colum or something that, um, that kind of take those, that pop sound and kind of add a little bit more color and a little bit out, but, uh, not so much that they lose the, the feel of maybe that style. Just wondering if you guys have any, uh, tips or tricks for, um, just kind of playing over those basic triad chords. So anyways, love to hear from you. Uh, thanks again for all you guys do. Appreciate it. This is an actual question that I don't think we've ever addressed, and it's a great question. I don't question. think so. And look, since we're getting close to lunch now anyway, we want to go eat. 
and this is about pop music. It's going to be short and sweet, baby. Okay? <laughs> I love to do this, man. I do this all the time in, in the music I play. To, yeah. To play over triadic stuff. Yeah, but you also, you'll take some simple pop tunes, very simple harmonically, and put a nice little Adam Manis arrangement on them, and they kind of become a little bit more complex. That's definitely one thing you can do, yeah. is you can not jazzify, I want to say, but you can make them more improviser-friendly, Right. The, the pop changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It depends on what kind of sound you want. Right. But I think for JD's question here, there are some, some ways to solo on uh, just like straight-ahead pop triads. I hear you do this with Diane Reeves all the time, mm-hmm. too. You guys have a couple of tunes that are like, really pop tunes yeah yeah and pop they, r&b real like folk yeah i had to do this in aaron Bodie's band for years and years yeah and it's, it's hard it's a skill that you you have yeah. to practice a lot of jazz players are just like oh that's beneath me because they can't do it yeah you know man i have to say uh one of my favorite musicians that i've ever worked with and we did these things in aaron's band all these pop tunes and he was incredible at it was the great saxophonist seamus blake mm. can can play on triadic stuff like better than almost anybody I've ever heard. And you think of Seamus as this like, you know, from the bebop tradition, but like a modern thing. But man, he has this lyrical sound. But that was the first thing that I think I thought of when I had to start learning how to do this was you kind of have to take bebop out of the equation a little bit. It doesn't quite work all the time. Yeah, you get that big triad or two chord. You don't want to necessarily be Yeah, a lot of enclosures can sound weird. Yeah. A lot of like uh, you know, major nine arpeggios are not gonna work. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's the vocabulary and, and really the challenge comes in, I think, that um, you know we always talk about melody, rhythm, and harmony as kind of being those most basic building blocks of our improvisation and really just music in general. But this kind of playing requires melody to become so much more important. And so especially a piano, which, you know, on its face can not be the most lyrical instrument. Like we, we, we can get away with things sometimes by really exploiting like the harmonic aspects of things. Too much sometimes. Yeah, yeah. and rhythm and, you know, it's a percussion instrument. Totally. But playing over very simple chords means you have to be super melodic. And so I would like actually think of somebody like Stevie Wonder, the way that he improvises over his songs. Now, yeah, of course, his songs are very, you know, sophisticated harmonically in a way, but but you can check out certain, like, Isn't She Lovely Mm -hmm. um, has some very, like, I don't know. Well, that that, kind of goes some places harmonically. You know know who's the perfect person to check out for this, though? Keith Jarrett, but in the context of those vamps that he does. They'll do those, like, 20-minute long at the end of Autumn Leaves vamps. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) yeah. And he can go on those two chords forever, right. usually triadic. You know, maybe it's it's some kind of seventh, but it's never like changey. You know what I mean? It's all very yeah. in the pocket. And he is so good at developing melodies on the piano like and that. And if you think about it, what he's doing a lot of times in those vamps, I mean, there's there's a number of different ways he's done them. But I'm, I'm thinking of, I think I'm thinking of the same kind of ones you're thinking of is like really concise and beautiful, well-crafted melodies but like serious attention to rhythm and mm. groove, mm-hmm. you know? So like the harmony is not really, I mean, it's, it is what it is for that vamp, but it's, it's not as adventurous really. It's really about the melody and the rhythm. And so the lyricism comes out like the, and then he also exploits a number of other things that he's just a master of in terms of sound and touch and, and dynamics and beauty and all that kind of thing too. 
but it's like having that confidence to just go, you know, just play on that that triad, and then you know he uses a lot of you know one two three five like one two crap. three five. That's my pop thing. Come on, too. Now. That's that's the go to. And maybe a little one three four five. You can throw one, that three, in there. Four five, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of four three four. You know, one and and I mean, so having the confidence to be like take those more basic elements when you don't have the the seventh and the eleventh arpeggios and up to the sharp and the extensions and all that to really hear. And, and I know we get into some controversial area every time we talk about hearing, hearing something and what does that mean. But I mean, to hear a simple melody and just to simply state it, it's kind of like when you're having a conversation with someone that's not just a child where you're talking down to them, but you're going to say, I'm not going to use. And I know I've been getting a little getting. I heard you guys making fun of me trying to use big words around the office lately. That's OK, though. Little catchphrases and stuff. That's all right. I got you. I got you. I'm going to get didactic on you. Who, no, me? but it's like we're having a conversation and I'm going to commit to, to, to use very simple words, but to convey a sophisticated thought or emotion. And I yeah. think that's what you're right. Keith Jarrett. I think Stevie Wonder, I just hadn't thought of the right. No, actually, isn't she lovely? I'm thinking of like his harmonica solo. Of course, there's so much emotion you can put through that instrument. Um, but a lot of his, you know, key solos. I mean, he can go you know crazy on the changes, too, but he's very. In, interesting improviser, Stevie Wonder, like 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 Keith Jarrett in a lot of ways. You know, there are three players that for me I'm thinking of right now as we're talking about this that come to mind that are just masters of this. Two of them are jazz musicians, and one is totally out of left field. But I wait, think let me guess. Are these ones we always talk about on this show? No, actually, oh, okay, good. The first, I mean, the first is someone we talk about a lot, but I don't usually talk about. But I'm thinking of Kenny Kirkland when he played his mm. Sting specifically. Oh yeah, you know, some great piano Bring solos on the night. Yeah. over. Not really changey things. I mean, there's some seventh chords, but it's not like playing changes. Right. Now, he was exploiting rhythm. He was like, definitely. That's you know, I from mean, that angle. melody for sure, but it's like when he, when the harmony, when he could be so sophisticated harmonically, but when it called for that really basic thing, his rhythmic thing was, and especially like between the two hands and stuff and the interplay, he really went there. The second is Brad Meldow, yes. especially on an album like Largo. Yeah. Um, you know, that first track, When It Rains, is uh, a lot of triadic concepts. I mean, it, it's not. There are seventh chords for sure, but it's not like changey. It's not like right. one six two fives, and he is really playing in a language that's more on the on the pop side than than like a beboppy side. So that's when it rains. Not to be confused with your unpublished, unperform, undocumented <laughs> "Make It Rain" that little blues that Make you wrote. There. Okay, sorry. A couple of other people that you might check out on this. I Man, have you ever heard of this Dobro player, Jerry Douglas? Oh, Jerry, of course. Dude. Heard of this guy. Yeah, man. He's one of the best musicians I've ever heard and plays such simple sounding language, but in a way and with a feeling that is so beautiful and melodic and and just gets me every time check out anything jerry douglas has ever done he's it's bluegrassy i mean it's he, he's made bluegrass but he's also done things like you know with edgar Old, meyer yeah, yeah. And, and things like that Old i mean time. edgar meyer is someone too that you could actually check out for well jerry douglas has an advantage though because the dobro as an instrument it's actually in 40 i don't know if you knew this 47 out of 50 states it's illegal to play be- bebop on a dobro it's impossible it's against state it's also such an expressive instrument let's yeah, be yeah, honest yeah it is. uh another person is is chris thiele uh, mm-hmm. The mandolinist. Yep. I mean, also he heavily relies on rhythm, big yep. time. But all of that Punch Brothers stuff is, you know, triadic bass soloing. And there's all of those guys are one more super guy, heavyweights at that. Absolutely. One more guy I would mention. This a master. This is Charlie Park. Oh no, I guess not. No, that's something different. Fairly <laughs> beboppy. Fairly beboppy. I think. Kirk Whalem. Now you can Kirk play a bunch Whalum. of notes and yeah. still stay within that. David you know. Sanborn. David Sahello. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. I see where we're going now. I'm yeah. liking this. Yep. Yeah, cool. Kenny G. Okay, no, maybe not. <laughs> Sorry. 
Whoa, sorry. Didn't mean to uh, go down. Uh, Robert Glasper also comes to mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, this is cool, man. Thank you, JD, for the question. Um, interesting area that we haven't gone too much. Very cool. Uh, we got a, a special ultimate tip for you coming up very shortly because uh, we're going to get out of here in a second. Tell them about our sponsor. Go to OxfordAmerican.org slash YHI for a $25 annual subscription to the Oxford American. You're going to get amazing articles about Southern culture. You're going to get uh, incredible writers uh, writing stories about musicians and cultural icons that you're going to want to know more about. You're going to get incredible poetry um, to just enrich what you are probably already interested in. So again, that's oxfordamerican.org slash YHI. And you know, if you live close to the South as we do, well, it, it doesn't matter where you live because you can travel anywhere in the world now, apparently. Um, but the great thing about Oxford, every time I read it or look at it, it's like a travel brochure. It makes me want to go to these places, you know. Yeah. The Georgia one with George, with James Brown and stuff. It's like, I mean, I've been to Georgia and Atlanta so many times, the airport, the, um, but Savannah and like the different parts, but um, Albany. I mean, it's just, it makes you, because it really brings out the best of these places um, and, you know, this amazing culture that sprung forth from the South. Really, an outsized amount of culture has come from these Southern states. It's pretty amazing. I mean, obviously music, but writing. And, yeah, no, people things. all over the world are copycatting That's Southern right. culture That's all right, the time. Right. All right, so what's our ultimate tip? So the ultimate tip is um, to be able to, you know, we're talking about playing over pop changes, pop tunes, is transcribe pop tunes, mm. okay? So this will kind of like reverse engineer a little bit of developing your ears in a way uh, that'll help for this and just a number of different things. Um, and this is something I used to do, and I kind of said, you know, even if you're ashamed that people know that you like them, you know, if it's a little bit of, uh, I don't know, it could be anything, anything catchy that you think is too simplistic or not worth your time, um, but you're still developing your ears and it's going to attune you a little bit. So it could be anything you're hearing on the radio or YouTube or whatever that you kind of like. It's always fun to transcribe stuff you like. We are giving you license to put aside that Charlie Parker solo for a little bit to transcribe a pop tune. And once you do... Well, hold on. Before we end okay. this episode, <laughs> we do have a listener tune. This is oh, Traveling great. Traveling at Night by Burke and Grafia. Nice. Uh, yeah, that's gonna ride us out. Check it out, and you'll hear it. The sky gets blue on a sunny day. And even I sometimes feel that way. I don't put my trust in the visible light. Thieves and the scoundrels come out of the wood. Just don't let them guess that you're good. Don't let them guess that you're.